girl tell me the other day this. She said. Hi, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. I can't believe it's already summer 2020. And if you've made it through this crazy year this far, you're lucky to be slowly peeking out from many months of cultural upheaval and economic thrash. So I, for one, thought this would be a great time to speak with a longtime colleague and friend, H. Muir. For those of you who don't know H, yes, that's the letter H, he is well-known and highly regarded as the man who guides C-suite leadership through change. He's helped navigate leaders at companies like Bacardi, Kashi, Kimberly-Clark, Adidas, Miller Coors, PayPal, Polaroid, Target, Wrigley, and I could go on and on. But I wanted to talk to him about what's really going to change. Not the obvious, like working from home or e-commerce. And what became clear is that what were considered soft skills in the past will now be the new power skills. And he explains how any leader can drive breakthrough and emerge with power by focusing on some key skills. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And as always, thanks for listening. Welcome to the free range. Welcome to the show, H. Thanks, Nicole. Glad to be here. So we have a lot to get into today, but I'd like to start by regrounding us in where we were pre-pandemic. I mean, it seems like a lifetime ago, but I think it's an important starting point. So what are your thoughts on that? It does seem like a lifetime ago, right? And, and at the same time, I think before the pandemic, um, you were seeing progress is a great way to say it. Uh, where you were seeing at the organizational level, you were seeing companies start to talk about um, planet, profit, and people. Um, and you were seeing progress against that, uh, progress in terms of, of the organization for the greater good. So I, I like to think that there was progress, albeit probably slow progress. Or it was more Deliberate like intention. Progress. Maybe intention, it wasn't progress, absolutely. it was intention, right? Like, yes. I think the mindset was starting to shift. People were starting to gravitate towards, yes, we're aligning in our mindset. If you think about 2020, we tend to focus on COVID, but if you start at the beginning of 2020 uh, and look at the crisis that we faced, you know, certainly as a country, it started, we had an impeachment, right. um, you know, which Seems is like forever ago. Right. And, and that's, that's happened three times in our country's history. That's significant. Well, you uh, know, that, I, you I would know. even say even before that, we've had <clears throat> a very divisive culture that's been exhausting everybody. I mean, we even forget how exhausted we were before this all started. When everybody's dealing with so much... Um, and and it confronts where we were from that point of intention, that departing point or that pre-pandemic point. What happens? Yeah, change is accelerated exponentially. And the, the prob people want, because when you've been assaulted, uh, and I use that in air quotes, uh, your, your emotional state, you don't want to spend as much time there. You want to move on. You want to move on to, to the next and the challenge is, how do we do that? And I think that's a real challenge for leadership. And when I say leadership, I'm talking about it at, at, at multiple levels, whether you're leading a, an employees, leading a team, leading an organization, or as a brand, um, 
What does that look like? How do I engage the community? And I use community as a big umbrella to talk about consumers, employees, and teams. And so the community is looking for leadership and to say, help me get out of this chaos. Um, and, and they want that change out of that chaos as fast as possible. And, and I think that's where we're at, where we're at. Yeah, you know, I never thought about it this way, but it really does change the ar- archetype of the leader from perhaps hero to nurturer. I think absolutely. You're seeing, when we talked about that crisis accelerates change, all the things that were happening in the old normal, including what was happening as leader leadership, has now been accelerated. What was happening with leadership was a move from command and control, let's call it classic, left-brained, focus on the task at hand, provide structure and follow a plan. Uh, And it was transitioning to be more of a holistic approach that also considered the needs of people. And people means including all stakeholders, right? And it was much more of a humanistic approach. Mm -hmm. I think that the emotions are so strong coming out of these crises that, that it has accelerated this move to the right-brained approach. And the right-brained approach is, is all about focusing on human first. And to do that, you've got to fo- focus on their emotional state. And so I think one of the things is, what does that look like coming out of the pandemic? What, are, what, do, what does our community need? And how do we as leaders step up? Yeah. So, I mean, we talk about, or you've talked about crisis accelerating change and a lot of what is being published and reported on today is really what's above the surface, the real obvious changes. You know, everything digital is accelerating, telemedicine, um, relationships with your doctor, therapist, online dating, um, you know, the real functional ways of living your life have changed. Uh, but what's changing that isn't obvious? Uh, the, the, the statistic that I saw, this was from McKinsey, that, that said that 45% of people have changed their values and priorities in life. That's significant, right? Wow. Like what's important to them. Um, so that's one. I, I think even more important than that is people don't know what to change to. And, and it's hard for people to change to what's next when they're not emotionally prepared to do that. Or or I like to say when I work with brands and and teams and companies, I talk about people are are prepared to change if um, to whatever that business change is to the degree that they're confident to do so. When you're in a crisis, it's hard to, it's hard to to feel confident. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're isolated. Right. Um, And, or you, or, or you, You've been assaulted not just economically, but emotionally and physically. And so until you can help people process those emotions, it's hard for them to think about what, how to embrace change or even understand what the change is. So to me, part of that, I agree with all the things you said and what the research, which focus on that tangible changes, which is a lot about being distant and remote and leveraging technology to do that. But I find it an interesting paradox that to help people through change, we've got to help them through as leaders, help them through the emotions. And now we have to do that remotely. 
And I think that, you know, that's going to be the leaders that can, that can do that, that are conscious in the moment and say, and know that they've got to help their communities address their emotions and work through it and can master that while being remote will really drive breakthrough. Do you think leaders today are even recognizing that they now have the responsibility for emotional leadership of their teams? I mean, I think you bring up a really big point here and and we're talking about the fact that they they need to do it, but do they even recognize that this this has now come their way? Empathy is is a passive skill. Uh, and so listening in itself creates awareness for those leaders, right? I'm now aware of and understand, have a greater perspective mm-hmm. of what's going on with my community. But, but leaders, ultimately, the community is looking for leaders to act and take action. Compassion will move you to action. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are looking, and, and also is if you can get to that point where you can start to have conversations with the community about what next looks like, that starts to create hope. But people right. can't talk about what's next if I'm still depressed, angry, frustrated, fearful about my current state. Um, so well, I you bring up a, an interesting point in there. And, and, and one of those things that you spoke about was this idea of feeling confident in moving forward. And we can't feel confident if we don't know what it is. And so I think that's what has precipitated this big wave of the new normal, because at least half of that equation uh, gives you some comfort that it was kind of like it was before, right? Not the new part, but the normal part. And I think you and I both agree that there is no new normal. Um, it's just kind of a placating statement to give people uh, the the feeling that we can kind of um, get back to a comfortable, safe place. Uh, but it's not going to look like what it was before. And so this there's this idea of reconciling safety with ambiguity, and that is really the job of the leader. I think that the the old model of leadership was providing stability. Right. Um, and, and we would trust those people, those leaders that provided stability, right? That it's, I show up and I know what's going to transpire. And, and I think because of the crisis now, people, pe- people are taking ownership and forcing brands, organizations, and teams to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's that's been accelerated, but it's also... You know, it's this juxtaposition of, hey, leaders need to help their communities through change. But by the way, communities are starting to take power and ownership of forcing the change. Well, it's a very important point that you bring up because I would argue, and I know you don't disagree with this, that the keys were given to the kingdom when social media, um, you know, really became a powerful way of communicating back to brands. And the brands that understood that the power had shifted, a lot of them were the younger brands, uh, some more, you know, innovative brands. They really set themselves up to create a two-way dialogue with their communities. And what that effect- effectively did was it it put them in a position of resilience when crisis hit, because now they had already established trust 
lost. They had established a safe zone. They had established an understanding of who we are, why we're here, and what you can expect from us. And they established a two-way dialogue with their communities. And I think um, in terms of the power shifting uh, from a brand community perspective, that power actually shifted quite some time ago, but it isn't until really now where the power that that community has is really for the first time being invoked. And the brands uh, that were able to create that and spent the time building that connection uh, in the previous years are in a much better position than the brands that are scrambling to figure out who we are, how do we reach our audience, what do we say, how do we avoid the social backlash, what do we do? Um, And it's, again, crisis is accelerating change because now that we see the power that communities have, which we always knew was there, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of it. Because four years ago, brands were silent uh, when when there was cultural crisis. And now brands are voicing, which is great, but it's going to have to be pushed further to beyond just intentionality and into action, to your point earlier. Well, and I think that's a ch- that is, to your point, the keyword is trust, right? That, that brands, organizations, and leaders have to gain the trust of the community. And the community, you'll see, um, the power of the community, which is really through social media, they have organized and they have an organized voice. Um, There's greater accountability on leadership. And when I say leadership, I include brands. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing, we talk a lot about the cancel culture, but it's essentially the community saying, no, we're not going to put up with uh, dysfunctional behavior or said differently, we're holding you accountable to be who you say you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's that that's a moment of <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure I have to think about what on the hero's journey there's in a moment, right? And this is that moment of awakening um for leaders to decide, you know, how how am I gonna go, which way am I gonna go, what am I gonna do? And I think it goes back to your point about gaining the trust of the community. And I want to talk about just a second about how do you do that, right? And I think if you look at, even think of it as a, per, to me, sometimes it's easier when I talk about engaging the community to talk about it in a personal relationship. And so if you look at what drives trust in a personal relationship, the, the two things that you look at as an individual first is, is that does this person generate warmth, right? This is Neanderthal fight or flight. Can I tell on a, on a first meeting, I do you have my best interests at heart? And so as brands and leaders and organizations look to gain the trust of the community, are they generating warmth? And and the the way to to generate warmth is do you show, and the keyword is there, show, not tell, show you care about the community. Right. And it does start at an individual level. Why does it, it, it's, you, if you just listen to your team as a whole, you're missing the point because everyone's experience in a crisis in an assault is different. Mm-hmm. And so that's why empathy is an individual game, is an individual skill. Um, and I think that's why it's getting played. I think the real challenge though is, okay, if you practice empathy as a leader and you listen to individuals and you understand their story, you understand their emotional level, 
now what? And, right. and I think right. the na- right, and, yeah. and I think the now what is because the power is shifted to the community. The community has to be part of the solution. It yeah. cannot be the, the leader recipient. as hero. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can, whether just a recipient, it has to be that the community has a say in what the solution is, in what the next is. And, and I think that's a real shift for leaders because leaders have been rewarded for eons that they're the problem solver and they're the ones who say, this is what we're going to do going forward. And, and I think to me, that whole notion of beyond empathy is compassion. I feel people's pain. I feel the emotion, uh, emotional state they're in. We, the, the way to give them hope is not to provide the solution. It's to have conversations and allow the community to talk about this is this is what we need. Or even, I think, in, in classic, I was reading some articles about innovation, doing innovation in a crisis, and they talk about, you know, how it, to, to, about experimenting. And I think that's that's key. Even if you're leading a team, this is the time coming out of it to to, to listen to your people to talk, let's try this. What if we did that? Same thing with brands. Um, because I, I think the, that all of that ladders back up to how do we engender trust with our communities? How does that bottom up actually work? I mean, it's the same thing if you think about it with a brand and a social community. Because a social community today is just a lot of voices coming in from a lot of different channels. And it truly is very hard for a senior leader to understand what is the big what is the big idea here where is the where are the main points of momentum that we really need to tune into yes agree and it's as i look at when i work with organizations and i talk about building culture you know it's i've always the leader's role it starts with empathy is really understanding that's the first e and then the next e is about enabling that how do we enable them um, and enablement is twofold one how do we what's their purpose you know, their why, what, what is it they want to get out of work or being on the team or, or, or out of the brand experience? And then how do you as a leader, the second part of that enabling it is what resources do you, do you provide for them to start living that purpose? That's the enabling part. The, the other part for the leader that I think is, is, a, is a huge change is then the next E is about empowerment. It's like, okay, now you're empowered to go do that. I'm I'm here to support that. Um, and the last was is encouragement, which is about in coaching, uh, about coaching. So I think those are, you know, as you look at it as a leader, what can I do beyond empathy? It's those things. Enable meaning for your people by helping them find purpose. Innate, um, empower them by giving them competence, resources, and then stepping back and supporting them. Um, and that's the encouragement part. So I think those are, you know, th- that starts to get there. I think the you can't get to that, those other three stages until people process their emotion, which is why you're hearing and why I think empathy is so important. You know, I, what I'm hearing you say is this is a big opportunity to resolve something that I don't think has ever been resolved. And that is the older generations trying to work with millennials in the workforce. And, you know, it started off as a big, a big problem when millennials first entered the workforce. And now people, I think, just be kind of became 
older older generations kind of became uh, just just comfortable but disgruntled about it, you know, comfortably disgruntled. <laughs> but the real the real disconnect that I often saw, and I'd love your perspective on this, is that millennials wanted to affect change faster than what was their job description. They wanted to come in in day one, and a lot of the older folks said, you got to work your way up. You got to put in the time. You can't have that job yet. You can't make those decisions yet. And, and it causes a lot of uh, frustration when people are, when some people feel that other people are overstepping their bounds or not paying their dues as they had to. But now we have an opportunity to empower uh, a generation of new workers who, and not so new anymore, who really want to have an effect and are good at organizing and and organizing their communication. It's interesting as well that I mean, millennials are the biggest force in the you know they've they've superseded the boomers. You know, mm-hmm. millennials make are the greatest force of the in the workplace. So if you're if you're not comfortable with addressing their emotion with dealing with their need for change, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I do. Th- and I think there's also th- one of the things that millennials were br- brought to the workplace was a need for meaning. A, a need, I, I don't want to just work for a company that is all profit. That's why you were seeing pre crisis that people profit and planet matter because it matters to millennials because right. they are, they are the biggest consumers of the biggest part of the workforce. Well, now with that change accelerated, they're saying, "Hey, beyond people, profit, and planet, it's purpose. Yeah. I want, I want to see my team, my organization, my brand have purpose because my mindset even has changed. My priority, what I value, has changed. I, I don't want to associate myself or work for." something that's not purposeful. And I think one of the, the other things that the we're hearing from the crisis is what some of the choices that people are making is uh, being more loyal and to fewer brands, businesses, and even personal relationships. Right. Those choices. Yeah. Those choices. When you have, when you don't have the opportunity to go out and to uh, and, and you, it's precious time, then you decide what's important to you. And I think one of the outcomes of that is what's important to consumers and employees is working with brands and businesses and teams that have a purpose. And, and I think that's, that's part of a leader's role is helping your team, your, your business, your brand find that. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that idea of purpose, again, has been in it, living in that intentional place for a long time now, and, uh, and it's, it's felt very pregnant, I'd say, in, in the environment, it, but it hasn't quite broken through yet. And I think um, now is going to be its time because especially with people working remotely and feeling isolated and being burnt out on Zoom meetings all day. And we know this is going to go on for some time. Uh, it is going to be really important that when they, you know, shut that computer down, that they feel like it was a day well spent because it is a really exhausting way to get through the day. And it's really lonely. And if you aren't feeling like you're part of an organization 
that has a purpose and that is doing something that you believe in, it's going to be really easy just to fall off the ledge with that. Agree. Right. It, it, you think, of, but just to build on that, Nicole, if you think about what gives people energy, right, mm-hmm. especially in a crisis, which you're is is energy draining to begin with. Right. Um, and we're still in a point where our lives living in this is energy draining. It's emotional so draining. and it's draining. Um, that the two things that give you energy are relationships yeah. or doing meaningful work. Right. And so as a leader, th- those are those quote unquote, I hate this term, soft skills. Uh-huh. Hey, I've got to make sure, I've got to help my people build relationships. And by the way, do it remotely. Oh, I've got to help them find purpose. Those to me, those aren't soft skills. Those are power skills, but that's more and more what you as a leader, it's incumbent on you to facilitate and make happen because that's where you're going to get your people, your communities are, are going to get energy from, um, and we are much more productive stuff gets done when we're, when we're energized. Well, thanks, H. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. I know you uh, you have helped a lot of great leaders find their way through tough, tough times, and I'm sure you're going to continue to do so, but it's, uh, it's such a pleasure, um, and I'm honored to get some of that guidance for uh, our listeners today. So thanks for being with us. My pleasure, Nicole. Enjoyed it. I want to thank everyone for listening in and joining us on Free Range Brands. You can subscribe to this podcast at freerangepartners.com and you'll be notified when it's available. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate us or share with a colleague. Until then, see you on the Free Range. Free Range.